evening. It's Tuesday. My name is Richard. This is over and over and over again. And this is, of course, the regular Tuesday clinic show. We've got uh, another decent Arsenal win to talk about tonight. Of course, uh, the game at West Ham on uh, Sunday, which um, not not the greatest performance. We'll come on to that, but an important three points nonetheless, which is all that matters at this point in the season. We've also got a really, really big game coming up uh, this weekend as well uh, against Leeds, of course, at the Emirates. Another game that we have to win. We have to win them all, really, don't we, at this point in the season now for uh, for the top four. Um, we're also, obviously, because it was two, two centre-halves that scored the goals at West Ham, we're going to look from the archive section at, you know, some memorable goals scored by Arsenal uh, sort of central defenders over the years. There's been quite a few of them, and I'm sure we'll have a, a good few of those to, to, to look back on as well. Um, so lots and lots to come the other side of this. So I say welcome to the Juicy Clinic. We have got a panel in. Melvin's maybe running a bit late tonight. If he can make it, he's got other stuff on tonight. But we have got um, Dorsey, of course, as always. How are you doing, mate? This week, you all right? Yeah, very well, mate. You okay? Yeah, yeah, not bad at all. Not bad at all. I should say a little bit more up to date with your shirt selection this week, which is nice. Of course, yeah. last season's third third kit, I think that was, wasn't it? Which yeah, is good. Oh, <laughs> no, that's a, it's a nice top that actually. Um, James was here and then he's just disappeared, so I don't know whether he's had some issue with his um, uh, with his connection somewhere. But anyway, hopefully James will be back on very very shortly. He, he disappeared before he had a chance to say hello. But anyway, I'm sure he'll be, <laughs> he'll be back with us in a minute. Let's just give him two two seconds just to sort himself out. I'm not quite sure. He just disappeared there. He was here and, and he went, and that was it. But I'm sure. Um, he will be back very, very soon. I don't know if he's got some sort of issue um, with his camera or whatever it might be. His internet maybe has, has gone. But anyway, I'm sure he'll be with us very, very soon because uh, he was here just a minute ago. So we know he's here. He's just somewhere in cyberspace around. But anyway. <laughs> um, so, I mean, obviously, the, the only place we really need to start is, of course, the, the very important game that we played of course, on uh, on Sunday, uh, Sunday afternoon away across London at the London Stadium, it turned out in the end to be um, the result that we that we needed, even though the performance maybe wasn't quite up there with some of the recent. Bravo. So, yeah, I mean, ultimately, as I said at the beginning there, every game at the moment, at this point in the season, just win them. It doesn't really matter how well we play. We're not going to play well every single week. But what actually pleased me, and, and I've been maybe a little bit critical of this team um, under Arteta, is generally when we don't play well, we don't win usually. That's been the case far too many times. Whereas on Sunday, it kind of showed that we showed a different side to our game. We didn't play particularly well. It wasn't our greatest performance, but we managed to, to find a way to win it. As Mikel Arteta said, win ugly. And I think that if you can win ugly at this point in the season, that's what you need to do. And that was really pleasing for me. I mean, Dorsey, what did you make of the performance overall? Because it wasn't free-flowing football. It was quite, I don't know, it was quite a, a negative sort of game, really, wasn't it, in many ways? It wasn't a, an attacking game from either side. It was quite poor. But we got the job done. And ultimately, that's all that matters, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a weird game. Uh, West Ham went with their lineup. There was a lot of speculation about it was going to be a, a significantly weaker side than what they've been used to fielding. Um, mm. I think they went as strong as they possibly could. I I, I didn't expect Declan Rice to play. Um, 
And if he did no. play, I, I, I expected him to play as, as a centre-back because they were so short defensively. Um, but yeah, they went they went significantly stronger than I was expecting them to. So it was, um, but yeah, we didn't we didn't start the game very well. Which I think, if you don't start the game well, it it, it kind of tends to set a precedent for for the rest of the game. So um, yeah. yeah, it was a, a, a very strange game, a poor a very poor game to watch if, if you're a neutral, um, regardless of whether you're a fan of either, either side. But yeah. like you said at the top of the show, it's it really doesn't matter right now. There's four games left. We just have to try and try and pick up as many points as we can to try and get us over the line. So, um, and yeah, it was it was nice to see us win a game ugly, um, which is a, which is a really good way of putting it because hmm. you can't play well every single game. It's it, it's impossible. Yeah. You know, even even you look back at the Invincibles and however good they were, they had to dig out results as well. Um, yeah. So if we can do that, that's a sign of a, a, a good, strong unit that you've got there. And we had to make changes as well. Obviously, Ben White, I'm not sure how late that change was made. Um, I didn't hear anything leading up to the game that he was struggling with a tight yeah. hamstring. So not sure whether it was the day before or did he go out for the warm up? It wasn't a, it wasn't changed before the before the lineup was announced, was it? I don't think so. No, it was before. Yeah, it was. I think when the original team came out, Rob Holding was playing already, so it must have been before. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he could. It could have been on on, on Saturday. Couldn't it? The last training session, yeah. he, he made the call. Yeah. But I mean, you know that. Yeah, it was. It was a surprise when I saw that line. I must be honest, because you know Rob Holding doesn't get to start many games in the Premier League, does he? No, he doesn't. Um, and, and I think we'll, we'll we'll maybe touch on Rob Holding a bit a bit later on in the show. But it's um, you need players like that. You need players that can come in and, and, and do a good job. Um, and even El Nenny, uh, to a certain degree, he's, he's proven that over the last few weeks with the absence of Thomas mm. Party. Um, I think he's come in and he's done a really good job over the over the, the recent good results that we've had. So, yeah, not the, not the most pleasant of games to watch. It was pretty nerve-wracking at times because we knew how, how important that win was. Um, mm. And it was disappointing to... To concede, I was hoping for a clean sheet because I think there's there's quite a big difference between our goal difference and and Tottenham. So it would have been nice to have got a few goals and and kept a clean sheet. But um, three points is is all that matters, and we yeah managed to get over the line eventually. Um, yeah, yeah, two yeah. unlikely heroes. <laughs> it was two unlikely heroes. And talking about unlikely heroes, there's another one. He's got James now. He's, he's back with us. We had a few technical issues there, James. You okay? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I don't know what happened there. It, it, it you. Um intro started to play and then all of a sudden the sound and the visual went so i was like oh, i better back out and try and get back in here and, uh, i'm here now sorry about that yeah, yeah which is which is the main thing and you, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I caught the intro so you know it's all good no, that's, that's right. um, i mean obviously we we're just always talking about the west ham game um you know saying it wasn't maybe the greatest performance ever but um i say i've maybe criticized this team a little bit this season for not being able to get results when we don't play particularly well we, we tend to lost a lot of games. If we don't play well, we tend to lose or certainly not win. So that was actually the most pleasing part for me. That's probably the most pleasing part, actually, because the rest of it, there wasn't an awful lot to to take positives from the performance-wise. But the fact that we dug out the result when we were a bit off our, off our game is unusual. And hopefully this is a sign that there's a there's a slight change in in maybe the mentality of the, of the players as well to be able to do that in a game that you know it's a tough game West Ham away I know we've got a good record there they've got Europe and stuff like that in a minute so and a few players missing but it was still always going to be a tough game and that was that was the, the ple most pleasing thing I mean what did you make of it overall then Jane because it wasn't a great performance let's be honest 
No, um, for me, it's, it goes back to this narrative that keeps on happening where uh, when we grind out a result, somehow we're lucky and, yeah. oh, we didn't deserve <laughs> yeah. it. And, you know, yeah. oh, we've got this one missing, we've got that one missing. It was like the Chelsea fans the other week, oh, you beat our reserves. I'm like, we got half our bloody main squad out. Yeah. You know, you you our reserves beat you pretty much. You know, we got a striker <laughs> yeah, yeah. here who's played fifty five games or so in the league and never scored, and yet he scores two at your ground. Do you know what I mean? It's it that's that's what winds me up. It, you can you can never have the plaudits for whatever reason as an Arsenal fan anymore. You're not allowed. You know, the celebration police come out again and, <laughs> and yeah, there's else. A bit more of that going on. Yeah, exactly. just, yeah. I just I don't I, I don't understand it. I really really don't understand it. But no, for me, wasn't the best performance from certain individuals out there. But ground it out and um, done the job that was needed. And the thing that I take away from it the most is is uh, especially where I am in Essex, there's a lot of West Ham fans. But there's a lot of other people that support other clubs that watch the game and they're like, oh, you've got so many players that aren't likeable. They're like, he's, he's annoying, this one's... A... I'm like, oh, we're coming, you know, slowly coming back now. If, we get, if yeah. we're starting to wind people up again, then <laughs> happy days. Happy it's a good days. sign. You know, I mean, one of my that... friends was there and he said, you're Ramsdale, he's turning around all the time, you know. In my, he went, oh, I ate him. I ate. I'm like, good. That's what I want. I don't want you. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, we've never been liked by anybody. Even when we were the top, and no. you, even as a neutral, I know I'm a fan, but even as a neutral, I'd have gone, oh no, I've got to respect this. Look at the football they're playing. It's some of the best I've ever seen in my life. But no, still now, nah, you know, you've got that Winger who's in charge, and you got these die. You know, Robert Perez introduced diving into England. Oh right, did he? Okay. <laughs> I mean, you're right, and Arsenal maybe have never been particularly liked by the media, by other no. clubs or nobody. And and in a way, I agree with you. I kind of like that. And it got to the point where I felt over the last few years that we'd almost become slightly irrelevant because we wasn't challenging for anything. We were just muddling along, and people didn't really hate us or anything because they had no reason to because we wasn't a yeah. threat to anybody. We were just muddling yeah. along mid-table, not doing anything. And suddenly now, you know, without really changing an awful lot, um, suddenly we're in a stronger position we look as though we're on our way back and suddenly again the that the pettiness comes out from from elsewhere which which is good i agree i quite like that i don't want us to be universally liked or respected even you know let everybody hate us let, let us play in that atmosphere because that's what we've always been used to and that's when we've we've got the best results in history haven't we when everyone's been against everything's been against us so um yeah i don't mind that and you know it's interesting that you say that about suddenly other fans are disliking some of our players because i've always felt in recent years where we've been too nice. Our players have been too nice. Yes, and they haven't they have. about them. And I don't think, you know, I don't look at any of these of any of our players and look at them. They're not nasty players particularly, but maybe some of them are winding up other fans of other clubs, which is good. And I want to see more of that actually. <laughs> you know, as, as we go on, because I do enjoy that. It's good fun when that's happening. You know, we can we can have a, a good fun about it. We've got some comments in there. Um, BX going about you answers evening, everyone. Um, Richarlison last game will be a juggernaut. Well, his last game might be already if he gets banned for throwing that um, thing back into the crowd. But anyway, um, Everton needs a result against us, won't they? Last game of the season for sure. Um, Ryan says there evening, everyone from Mr. Arsenal podcast. Luke is in the in the chat as well. And uh, Ryan says, yeah, what we just mentioned there, remember, we, we can't celebrate a win. I mean, that's ridiculous, actually, that some of the comments that were made about now, it seems like, let's just make a comment about Arsenal celebrating because there's something to talk about. Even though we didn't celebrate that win particularly madly, I didn't feel that the, the players didn't. They just did what you'd normally do when you run away from home. You know, you, you appreciate the fans' support. 
Um, you know, obviously, you're pleased that you've won. Of course you are. Why not? We didn't go over the top with the celebration. Maybe in a couple of other games previously, we, we maybe have a little bit of one at Wolves, Aston Villa maybe slightly, but I didn't think we did at this one. So some of them comments about that, I mean, Dorsey, that was a little bit strange for me because we didn't over-celebrate this particular win. It's a big win anyway, and we had a right to celebrate anyway, but I didn't feel we did particularly. The players, certainly. I mean, the fans obviously were going mad, and rightly so. I just, uh, the same as what James was saying, I just, I just do not get it. You know, we're yeah. a club that have been struggling for for a significant amount of years and and only really going in one direction which was which was down the table over the course of the season we've managed to pick up some some decent results and some decent momentum and for the first time in six years with four four games to go we got a chance of finishing top four and getting back into the champions league why would you not celebrate that I understand yeah. that fourth is not what everybody wants and we're, we are the Arsenal and yet we should be fighting for title. I get all of that. But the real, the reality of it is we aren't at that level at this point in time. So for no. us to kick on with this project or process, whatever you want to call it, that Champions League, we all know as fans how important that is for us to be able to kick on. So the fact that people are getting the ump that we're celebrating that... I, if you can't celebrate that, what is the point in following football? What's the what's the point in any of it? There is no yeah. point. So I just I, I don't get it, and it, it just it goes back to both of your comments about pundits not liking Arsenal. Chris Sutton came out with something earlier. Obviously, it was Agbon Lahore a few weeks ago. You know, it's just I don't know what their problems are, but quite it's, quite frankly, I, I quite makes, enjoy it. It makes me laugh though, because going off of what you're saying, you talk there about the pundits and everything else. Now. I understand that first game of the season against Brentford was absolutely massive for them. It was the first time they could yeah. all go to that new ground. Obviously, yeah. you know, we're not the team we like to be at the moment, but beating Arsenal is a scalp, especially, yeah. for, you know, I'm no disrespect. And Brentford were brilliant. Like They took advantage of, a bit like what we did with West Ham. They, they had players missing. We sort of took advantage of that and got the win. They saw that we, you know, we, we ideally tried to get that game called off. They went, no, it's been promoted, you know, couldn't do it and they took advantage and slapped us up but you know the carry on with Carragher and Neville jumping in with their fans singing Hey Jude and all that with them and doing this dancing and everything else like that that's fine but yet yeah. when it's nearer the end of the season when there's actually stuff properly on the line oh mm. Arsenal because a few of their players go over to the fans and clap them off and throw shirts you know, okay, to the lower tier because there's no way you're getting them up there unless you've got a shirt. <laughs> <No>. um, <laughs> you know, that, that that's wrong. I don't get and and then the way that Sky is going now, where they're continually losing pundits left, right, and centre, and Sky Sports News has gone from being a journalistic show to being a bit like what we're doing here, where they're getting fans on to present mm. opinion because they mm. know now that newspapers and everything else is sort of a dying art form compared mm -hmm. to podcasts and YouTube and everything. And they're like, right, we've got to alter this to sort of get into mm -hmm. that market now because that's the way it's going. Um, it just makes me laugh. I just think it's yeah. ridiculous because I'm like, all the time on all the adverts, yeah, you show the goals, but you show a lot of the fans as well. And I'm like, and you, you're the ones that are giving it, oh, yeah, without the fans, we've got no, you know, we've got no atmosphere and we've got nothing to make the games more interesting. I'm like, but yet you, you're trying to dictate what they can and can't do all the time. And you're lucky because you move all the bloody games around anyway. 
yeah. the fans have to look at they've done yeah. it again today after everybody's bought yeah, they have, hotels yeah, they have. and everything yeah. You know, it's yeah. Madness, yeah. I mean, uh, the funny thing is, you know, I mean, it's been, you know, the last couple of years or so in life have been quite tough for most people. And yeah. now suddenly, yeah. you know, we've got our football back. We can go to games again. And, you know, people are, I think, making the most of it. And you've noticed, I've noticed anyway, this season, the atmosphere has been a lot better at games than maybe the last couple of years before. And a lot, not just at Arsenal, I mean, in general, in the Premier League. I think fans are just enjoying the experience again of being able to be in full stadiums again. And so have people say, well, you shouldn't, you, you know, what you're celebrating for. It's like, well, have you not lived through the last two years of what everybody's had to suffer? We, yeah. You know, it's, it's, and football's always been a good release, hasn't it? For, you know, getting, you know, the uh, the frustration of your life out of the way on a weekend and stuff like that. And, you know, when, when your team is doing pretty well, you're winning games, you're in a good position to achieve something. If you can't celebrate that, then honestly, what is the point of even... You know, having why, why do they even show sport on on their on their TV channel then? If they don't want people celebrating when teams are, are winning games, and you don't want the fans or the players celebrating, it's just that's the whole point of it. Surely that's what sport is. Sport is about winning, isn't it? And it's if you can't enjoy that either as a player or as a fan, or if you're part of the club, I just can't understand what the point of that is. It's just ridiculous, really. And it only seems as it's our celebrations that bother people. Other people, other teams can do what they like. Other players can do what they like. Celebrate nothing, you know, and that's fine. But we celebrate almost. On, on being the verge of achieving something, which for our club at this moment in time is a big thing to achieve. Yes, it isn't, as Dorsey rightly said, it's not what we all want long term. But ultimately, we have to get in the top four to progress beyond that. <laughs> you know, we have to get back in it, don't we? You know, and that's where we need to be. So it's a big deal for Arsenal this season. Well, and you, you think as well, considering after the first three games, OK, I never thought we were going to get relegated. No. But no team has ever got, because um, I think now the minimum we can finish is seventh. And there's never been a team that's been in the relegation zone in the first three games get any higher than eight. So that in its own, you know, that in its own way is an achievement in a way for that. And then mm. also, I think as well, if if you were to get this squad with everything that's gone on into the top four, like securely in the top four as well, not just marginally, but securely in the top four. You know, I've been a very harsh critique of... Uh, Mr. McKell, but I'd have to give him some plaudit. I would have to say, and then I would be going to mainly Josh because I don't think Stan's as involved anymore. But I'm like, right, okay, you need to provide this guy with what you know, whatever he says goes in the summer, because yeah. you got you know, if if he's your I mean, man like you keep telling us, then yeah. you've got to prove it. You know, you've got to do yeah. another. You've got to do another nearly 200 mil again. I know you don't want to, but you're going to have to because. The other teams are going to get even better. I mean, uh, yeah. Newcastle haven't even started yet. So, no, no, you're right. You know. I mean, and, and, and I think for me now, if we do get top four this season, which, you know, we've got a great chance now, we're in with a really big, with a really big shout at that. If we do, I think this summer is going to show exactly the direction of the club wanting to go in. If we do invest properly in the summer, now we've got the top four, the Champions League money and stuff like that. If we do invest properly in the summer and you can see quite clearly that the club have got the ambition, not only to just remain as a top four team again, but to actually start challenging again, you know, in the next couple of years or so. We'll know that by the summer. If in the summer, again, we're buying a load of young kids, to me, that isn't showing the ambition for being in the top four as we need to. Maybe last summer you could understand it, the position that we're in, no European football. But now, if we are back in the Champions League, this is a massive summer for not only for, for us as fans to see, but actually for the club to make a statement and say, yes, we are we are seriously only you know Joshua if he's going to be the one taking taking control of it, or as you said, to say, look, you know, 
we're not just going to settle for what we've made where we've been. We want to build something now. You know, we, we trust the manager. Um, we're gonna we're gonna try to to build and, and you know and try to challenge the likes of City and Liverpool. Not straight away, obviously. It's gonna take time and investment, but we've got to start that process. You know, that's the next step. If we get in the top four, that's the first part done, which is what we needed to do. Now we need to go to the next step, which is to find a way of bridging that gap between getting to sort of fourth, fifth, sixth place in the league, actually getting challenging those those top teams that's where we need to be you know eventually in the next and not just you know in 10 years time in the next two or three years now that's that's what the aim should be if they really trust our tether to do that then back him in the summer give us proper players that we can build a team around that we can push on not just a load of kids that may be good in four or five years or three years that we can actually build now we can start that process to move to the next level because that's what we all want as fans you know and what, what i'm getting very annoyed about now is it, it happens on twitter all the time you know arsenal fans this has been a, an ongoing thing for a while is it you you are tetter in or you are tetter out are you as venger in you as venger out no we're all just arsenal fans we want the best for the club and you know when we lose games we're annoyed and upset and angry and when we win games we, we are quite happy and if we're in the right position in the league we're happy again and that's how it should be and that's that's there's nothing wrong with that you don't have i don't like all these divide dividing all the fan base up we're all just arsenal fans aren't we we want the best for the club we want to do the best that we can do and at the moment you know getting in the top four is massively important and then it's a matter of moving on and i've said it before who the manager is to do that oh i don't know if i take the man back him give him the money and let's see next season how we how we do with a Champions League campaign on top of you know all the domestic competitions as well. Let's see where we are, and you know then we can start looking at exactly what position that we're in. It's difficult at the moment, isn't it for me? I'm still you know I'm a bit like you, James. I, I you know I, I've I've criticised Arteta you know pretty much most of the time he's been here because I, I've not been convinced about so many things that's gone on. But ultimately, if we get top four, what what more could we want from this season? That's yeah. Brilliant. That's exactly, that's, yeah. you know, we've achieved whatever, well, more than we could have perhaps anticipated we was going to. So that's, credit's got to go to our team. You're absolutely right. And he needs to get Your spot well, on with what you say as well is that when there's multiple competitions instead of this, you know, one a week that we're doing at the moment, yeah. that's going to be a big test. And for me as well, yeah. Um, only once this year has he come back from being a goal down and won, and that was Wolves yeah, at home. So I'm right. like, you've got to show a bit more of if you're behind, yeah. what yeah. have you got? You know, what have you got in your arsenal to come back? That pardon the pun, yeah. but yeah, you know, that that's that's yeah, the that's right. the test for me because yeah, I'm like norm- normally it can be goal down. Oh, there's a second. Oh, there's the f- especially against the. You know the cities and the Liverpool, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, that's what you've got to stop is is that you know hemorrhaging goals left, right, and centre, and yeah. playing with some kind of adversity. And I think in Europe you're going to get that because mm. as well as people going about, oh, you got your Bayern Munichs and your Madrids and everything else, you got those, you know, Shakhtar, Donetsk, or if they're mm. going to be allowed in it, or clubs like Liège and stuff like that that give you tricky kind of games. Mm. No, no, you're right. And that, that is a point, again, about, you know, the, the the character of the team, isn't it? When you go a goal down and coming back and getting results. And very rarely have we done that. Like you said, we've only won one game. That was Wolves. I think we, we were behind against Crystal Palace at home and got a draw in the last minute. So yes. other than that, we very rarely come from behind and got anything, mm-hmm. have we, all season? And that has been a problem. And that is something that we need to, to put right. Um, we showed a bit of character against West Ham, didn't we? Because we they got it back to one-one just at half time, and that could have been a time when it could have fell apart, and it didn't. So, you know, hopefully that there's more positive signs. But yeah, that is that is a massive that is a massive thing as well for me is um, get that 
Yeah, the, the adversity. That, that's a good point, actually, Jane. We're playing with adversity because we are going to get that a lot more in the Champions League when we're playing against better teams on a more regular basis, especially if we get through the group stage into the knockouts. Then, you know, after Christmas, when things heat up, you've got the FA Cup, hopefully, and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that is that is a, a thing, and it's something we need we need to sort out. Um, Ryan has put there in the chat that Villarreal have scored and are now back in the tie. Surely Emery won't pull this one around because they're playing. Um, Playing Liverpool, aren't they, in the, in the Champions League? Wouldn't semi-final. surprise me. He's, he's, a, he's like Benitez. He's a master of a two-legged game. He's yeah, very he good is. at two-legged games. He, he really is. He is. And, you know, everyone criticised him last week for the way they played actually at Anfield, but he was playing it as a first leg away from home, wasn't he? Yeah, ultimately, that's how they played it. Um, they've given themselves a chance now. And who knows? I mean, wow, that would be incredible, wouldn't it? If Emery got to the, he won the Europa League last year, gets to the Champions League final this year. Well, I mean, that would be absolutely incredible. But anyway, we'll see what happens. I'm still, I'm still sure Liverpool will go through ultimately. But uh, but, uh, but we'll see what happens in the next uh, next hour or so. I'm sure um, we'll, we'll get uh, updates on that as that game goes on as well tonight. Um, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, I say West Ham overall then was um, a good result, if not a good performance. But one of the things that really stood out for me, and it's been... It's been a theme all season. It's been gradually improving, improving, improving. Is this. set pieces. Now, we've got that new guy there um, doing set piece coaching with us. And, you know, at the start of the season, I think a few of us think, well, what's he actually doing? Because it didn't seem to be a lot of improvements. But as the season's gone on, we've started to be stronger and stronger at both ends of the pitch from set pieces and of course both the goals at the weekend came from set pieces as well so I mean Dorsey what have you noticed the the big it's been a, a massive improvement in that area at both ends of the pitch hasn't it and the work that they're doing on a training pitch you can actually see it now is starting to show on match day isn't it yeah absolutely <clears throat> defensively it was always a worry when we had corners against us because we was we, yeah. we were so soft um I was always worried that we were going to concede mm. and when we had offensive corners it was like you might as well just have a goal kick. Yeah. You know, what's, yeah. what's the point? You just keep, get the game going again because it was we had no threat whatsoever. We didn't have the right play. And even when you had players like Giroud, you know, and we all know how good he was in the air, but even then, just the way mm. the way we took the set pieces just didn't play into play into his hands at all. But, yeah, was it 105 corners we faced this season and not conceded? Mm. That's phenomenal. Mm. I would never have expected as an Arsenal fan to say that about my team. Not a chance. No. It's uh, no. imagine if we go a whole season without conceding for one, it'd be incredible. Don't say that. Don't say that yet. <laughs> Wait until the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, listen, I I obviously follow football. I'm not a coach, so I can't see exactly and pinpoint exactly what they're doing that's that's made a difference. But certainly collectively, yeah, yeah, we're we're, we're, we're a lot stronger at the other ends of the pitch. I think Gabriel is the highest scoring centre back in the league this season with four goals. Um, obviously, Rob Holding's come in and got one as well. Yeah, I mean, it's you can't just enjoy it. That's all, that's all you can do is just enjoy the fact that we look a bit more dangerous from set pieces. And uh, and I'm not quite so shitting myself when we got one at the other end. You know, I'm quite confident that we can we can clear the ball. So mm. yeah, whatever they're doing on the, on the training pitch, it's it's clearly over the course of the season it, it's working. Um, the players are obviously taking that onto the pitch and, and doing what they're told to do. So, great news. I love it. Long may it continue. We're getting yeah, really I mean, good at the second phase as well. Like yeah, That's yeah, completely yeah. changed. And I don't know if that's because we've actually got players now. I remember 
Rich, weeks ago when we were sat here talking, you were like, I just want a player to follow in. Do you know what I mean? Like, get yeah, in. Yeah. And they're, they're really, like that second goal was a mm. bit, you know, it was a brilliant um, diving header from Gabriel and Fabianski, we've all, you know, we've all seen that for when he's in goal for us. <laughs> bless him. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just didn't give it up and holding as well for the first goal completely. That Lanzini, get your hands off me, mate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. you go. Yeah. And then it, bang, yeah. yeah, see you later. That's that's the sort of emphasis that we want. And, you know, he wanted this guy first time round, but he was under contract at Man City and he said, look, I don't break my contracts, but I will join you the next year. And he's mm. been proven right. With, but again, you know, mm. he's done it for whatever he saw at City with him and went, he needs to come over here with me. He's done a he's done a blinder. He's done an absolute blinder. I mean, Liverpool got pelters for when they got this throwing mm. coach, and then they got a specific corner coach as well as free kicks and everything. And everyone's like, "Oh God, why are they doing this?" And all the money they've got to pay and everything else. It proved them right when they took that free um, corner against Barcelona, didn't it? They, they just yeah. completely all turned around, and it was too late. And yeah. they like worked on it. So. Yeah, it's very, very good. And we've seen teams like Atletico Madrid that, OK, people call them boring and everything else, but they're a team that have got so far, especially in European competitions, relying on the fact that they've got big people in midfield and at centre-back who come up for set-pieces. And they're like, mm. if we score two set-pieces and win, we still win. Don't care what way we do it. You can yeah. say whatever you like, but we're the ones that are in the finals and we're the ones that are you know, winning the league and everything mm. else like that. So. Yeah, like Dorsey said, long may it continue. Yeah, exactly. And it is interesting, isn't it, how, how it's changed so quickly because as Dorsey rightly said as well, you know, we used to be poor at set pieces at both ends of the pitch. We never used to score goals from corners. We never, you know, was a threat. We, we used to concede far too many. And suddenly it has changed. As the season's progressed, I mean, you know, we mentioned before that first game against Brentford, we conceded a goal from a set piece, a really soft goal in that game. And, you know, we looked all over the place defensively. And, you know, for the first kind of couple of months of the season, a little bit, we, we were not really that strong but as it's gone on and gone on suddenly you can see the work that they've done and you can see the results now every, every week pretty much is it's, it's, we're producing stuff we're a lot more dangerous from corners and i didn't realize gabriel was the highest scoring central defender in the league actually which is which is quite interesting um i mean yeah that's, I mean, that's obviously four he's got now which is which is decent and um yeah i mean it's not to, uh, it's, not, not to add but he's got double the amount of goals than lacazette from open play <laughs> yeah no you're right yeah he really has yeah um maybe he should start taking penalties as well he might get a golden boot one day he carries on um but but yeah, I mean, it's I mean, set pieces are such a massively important part of the game, aren't they? And they always have been. And you know, you don't have to have lots and lots and lots of possession to win games if your set pieces are good, because you can get one or two goals a game from a set piece. You, you as, as you said, you have a great chance of winning at most games if that's going to be the case. So yeah, I mean, we're not we're not going to score every single one, and you know, it's it's not like that. But the fact that the so clearly the improvements that we've made it's clear to everybody you know that 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 part of the game now we are really really strong on you know it's, we, we're probably as strong now as going or not maybe quite yet but we're heading in the right direction as we were under George Graham because that was our real strength wasn't it under George Graham the set pieces at both ends of the pitch and we're almost getting back towards that now how dangerous we are from corners now and defending them as well so that that's I think that's a really big big part and you know I don't think you know obviously as you said there James the, the guy came from Man City the, the set piece coach and um 
obviously he's, he's he's doing a great job and he needs to get a lot of credit as well. You know, Arteta's going to take a lot of a lot of the plaudits, obviously, but he's the manager and the results are on him. But um, you have to get the right people in place behind the scenes, don't you? The right coaching staff. And yeah, sometimes you, you look at it. I mean, I, I went to a game earlier on this season and there seemed to be about 25 coaches Arsenal had with them sitting in the dugout and stuff like that. And you're thinking, what are all these people? Why do we need all these people? There's nutritionists, there's sports scientists, there's all kinds of people. And, you know, maybe now we can start to see that perhaps they are quite important, actually. And we need them as well. And, you know, do they need to be at every game? I'm not quite sure. They do their job on a training pitch. But anyway... Um, you can see that they are doing something and it's working and that's great and it's put it's put us in a, in a good position and that's one of the reasons I think that the, the improvement in that area of our play has been one of the main reasons why we've, we've picked up more wins this season and why we maybe um, you know conceded less goals from those situations and as as we said before because we're not tending to come from behind the first goal is so important in, the, in every game that we play and it's massively important that we score the first goal and when we do that we tend to get a result and this, as we proved on Saturday, the set pieces are a great way to get that first goal. It's happened a bit, not not just set pieces, not just corners. I mean, but free kicks as well. We've, we've scored a lot of goals from from free kick situations, and yeah, that, that's brilliant for me. And the work that we've done, you know, I say I think I've been critical of that as, through the season because it, it hasn't become too obvious very quickly. But as the season's gone on, you can start to see it now the improvements that we're making and it, and it is great and as, as we've rightly said long may it continue because I think it, it is a massive part of the game and it's helped us get to be the position that we're in massively and and we, we can't you know we can't criticise that at all it's brilliant to see and I say let's hope that it does it does continue and yeah it's uh, it is good so yeah, I mean, obviously the uh, the game at the weekend was quite unusual in the fact that um, two central defenders both scored in the same game. Uh, the two central defenders, which actually is quite unusual. It's not something that happens very often for any anybody, actually. I mean, um, so what I thought we'd look at from a little archive section this week is um, goals from central defenders because Arsenal have had a rich history. We've, we've had some good goal scoring centre backs actually over the course of time, haven't we? And it's a shame Melvin's not here for this because I'm sure he'd have some going back even further back to you know Frank McClintock days and stuff like that. You know, when we had some great Scott goal scoring defenders before that. So, um, but I'm sure this is going to be good because th there's a lot of great centre back goals that we've experienced over the years. So this could be quite. Fun. <laughs> Obviously, one of the most famous ones there in that picture, Tony Adams scoring in the semi-final against Spurs at Wembley in 1993, of course. Uh, one of the most famous centre-back goals ever for Arsenal, certainly in, in recent history, for sure. And just as we say that, Loki in the chat there, Adams uh, versus the Chicken uh, uh, at Wembley. Exactly, yeah, that's probably the most famous one that springs to mind first for every Arsenal fan, I guess. But there's been so many over the years, of course. Um, you know, I say we seem to have had quite a lot of goal scoring in the centre-backs, actually. We scored quite a lot of goals. I mean, Dorsey, what sort of ones stick in your mind? The, the great sort of goals from... Maybe the important goals, because obviously we've scored a lot that probably haven't meant an awful lot, but actually the important goals from the central defenders over the years. Yeah, I, I, in all honesty, I haven't had much chance to do a lot of research on this, but I do remember a few that have uh, that, that kind of popped out. Um, I mean, Tony Adams has scored a few, hasn't he? Let's yeah, face it, he's yeah, got a few. Yeah. I remember another one in 1997 or 98, he scored against Spurs at, um, at Highbury, left-footed volley. I uh, Just what a phenomenal. Yes. That was, brilliant, that, was brilliant, a brilliant I that was on my list, yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. A great what a finish. Yeah. For someone that was just a proper out-and-out -out defender, that bloke mm -hmm. could play. Like he, he, yeah. could, he could play football when he wanted to. Um, but that one, that one jumped out at me. Um, yeah. Andy Linnigan against Sheffield Wednesday. 
in the League Cup, yes. what was it? League Cup or FA Cup final? FA Cup final, that was it, yeah, a replay, oh, yeah. Yeah, I remembered that one. And then a couple more recently, obviously, Sol Campbell's against Barcelona in the Champions League final. Yeah. Don't like to uh, think too much about that game, but it was a... It was, a goal the time, it was in front, wow. didn't it? So it was a massive goal. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, brilliant absolutely. Um, and I do remember Koscielny scoring a really important one towards the end of the season at Newcastle as well. Get us That was to get us in the top four. Was that, that was 2011 or something like that? 2010, 2011? 20, 2013 it was, last game of the season. 2013. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one as well. Um, yeah. And I think, the, but I think the, apart from the, the first one you mentioned, the, the FA Cup semi-final, I loved Tony Adams um, against Everton final game of the season yeah. when Boldy's yeah. chipped it over the top and he's running yeah. that just yeah. Still to this day, whenever I see that goal, it still gives me goosebumps. Just seeing that, it's just absolutely phenomenal. That, that um, was my greatest day at Highbury ever that day. Just to win the Premier League and obviously that game was just incredible. And that goal, somebody, as they said, summed it all up. It did. Yeah. And it was just amazing. That was probably the best goal. I a picture of it in the frames down there somewhere. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I was going to decorate the room with them, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was an amazing experience that, that day and that goal as well. Yeah, that was. I mean, Tony Holmes, he, he was what he, he did. I think he is the highest scoring defender in Arsenal's history, as far as I'm aware, historically, anyway. Yeah. He did score a lot of goals. Um, and he had a habit of getting the important ones as well, didn't he? They wasn't, you know, he didn't get many, um, just average run of the mill goals. The ones he did score tended to be big goals a lot of the time. He, he always seen a rise to the occasion, didn't he? As a captain, yeah. should have. Um, Loki yeah. also mentions that one Adams against Everton. Yeah, I think we'll all remember that. I'll say it's probably the greatest goal from a central defender ever. Left foot volley, um, <laughs> you know, from a right footed centre back as well, which was fantastic. So, yeah, that, that was incredible as well. Um, yeah, that's some great goals there, actually. I mean, James, what, what's on your list? And obviously, the couple that have been mentioned probably that you had. I mean, obviously, the yeah, break, so yeah, um, Dorsey done my top three because that that one the volley, <laughs> Sorry, the volley that's all right. No, no, no. I knew I knew every we would probably all have them as the three that were going to be the top top. Um, because yeah. the volley versus Spurs, it's the set by Burkamp before because yeah. it's just literally yeah. that could have been any player, yeah. The way yeah. that he's lifted that you're like, oh, thank you very much. Like, you, my mum could smack that in because the, the, <laughs> the, the way that it's lifted is so yeah. perfect, yeah. It's, it's it's insane. Um, but I was trying to rattle my brain um, to think of some because I know Koscielny scored a lot of important ones. He did. He's another um, one, actually. He was, was another it Wigan, one like or was it in? Was it Hull in the final? And he injured himself, didn't he? Yeah, that was Hull in the final. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Final, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember, like, he put his body on the line to get it because I'm. I know he left in quite, you know, bad way, but he did score some quite important goals for us. Um, yeah. One of the ones that were on my list, I've got two from Colo Torre. The first one is against Chelsea, where he's blitzing through. Yes. And they're like, which one yeah. of them is going to tackle him? And then it goes to uh, Ashley Cole. He whips it to Will Tord, and then he whips it back, and Torre just sort of stumbles into it and yeah. gets it in. But it's the movement at first, because you, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, you know, that's what you normally think of his brother, not him. But he's yeah. just smacking people out of the way. They just can't get near him. He's just bundling yeah, yeah. through. Because he was so good when he first cut. You were just like, who is this guy? Where did we find this guy? Because we need yeah. to find more of him. Because he's sensational. Yeah. Like, he what a player. And he, was an, and he was a midfielder to begin with. And we moved him back. So. Yeah, he was. That's right. Yeah, yeah, was. yeah it was good. Um, but there's another one as well. He hit a free kick against Bolton. I don't know if you remember it. Uh, um, Flamini and Fabregas were over it like that. And they laid it off. And yeah. he just ran and... 
pelted it along the floor. Oh, like... that, was, that was the first season at the Emirates, I think, wasn't yeah, it? He, he yeah, he absolutely yeah, actually, it. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I and then the, one, yeah. Um, there was the Vermarlin one versus Blackburn because he started yeah. to score. I remember the one at Everton yeah. his debut. That was a great goal, that Blackburn yeah. one, wasn't it? Yeah, because we were one nil. Really... I remember being one nil down, and he, we were like, "Oh, someone's got to do something." Like, where is it going to yeah. come? And he just went at that and just smacks yeah. one from about thirty. He went yards. A, I thought he was. He seemed like he was scoring every week at that time, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. every, every week he yeah. was. Yeah. He was top scorer for a little while, weren't he? Because he, he was. was, he was, he was stop, that yeah. season he was top scorer for a little while. Yeah, he, he yeah. got a lot of goals, didn't he? He was he was incredible that for yeah. for a year or so, and then he got injured. And that was it, really, wasn't it? Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, and then the other one I put down was because um, I absolutely loved him and I still love him now. I was just, as soon as we signed Per Mertesacker, I just fell in love with the guy. Yeah. And it's yeah, literally yeah. the one that he got versus Spurs. You know, Walcott's in the yeah. corner, and you're thinking, oh my god, he's not going to get the crossing because they're yeah. trying to pick lumps out of him. He manages to do it, and you think, oh, that's a terrible cross. Look, it's gone over Podolski. Then all of a sudden, you didn't realise Mertesacker <laughs> just <laughs> comes from behind him, and you're like, oh right, yeah, there he is. And yeah, yeah that was uh, was that one of the five. That was sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, that was a that was a brilliant one. But there's there's probably loads that I'm forgetting. But they're the I mean, first. Actually scored in both games against Tottenham that season, actually, because he scored it in the away game as well. Well, we lost that one, so we don't want to talk yeah. about that one too much. <laughs> um, another Colo Torre goal you missed was the semi-final winner against Villarreal at Highbury. The, the season we reached a final, we got the winner, didn't we, Colo oh, Torre? Christ, yeah. Yeah. Against Villarreal, that was a uh, that was a good little goal as well. Actually, it wasn't. Mm. I don't even think it was from a set piece, was it? It was just a cross from the wing, and he arrived in the box, didn't he, and started it in. Um, yeah. so that was a, a big goal, obviously, from a central defender. Probably one of their most important goals. There's, there's another one history. from Gabriel that I'm trying to remember. But was it Benfica in the Europa where he sort of backwards yes. headed it? Oh, yeah, yeah. was that Olympiacos, wasn't it? Olympiacos, oh, I was I think, thinking yeah. it's one of the two. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Olympiacos that yeah. was. Yeah, that was a good yeah, goal, that, actually, that was wasn't it? Brilliant, that was yeah, because that was another one when we needed it. And he, yeah, that was a big, yeah. big goal to get at the time. It was, but, yeah, because we, we were sort of struggling a little bit in that game. And then he, he pops up with that one at the end. And yeah, that was a good goal. I mean, he yeah. looks like, actually, Gabriel, I know we just sort of mentioned him before. He looks like he could be the next in line of goal-scoring centre-backs that we've got. Because, you know, he's got four this season. I think he got three last season. You know, he, he seems to be popping up with goals, you know, alongside the lines of sort of Koscielny. You've got quite a few, obviously, Tony Adams, who we've mentioned um, as well. So maybe he's the next in line, isn't he? Goal-scoring centre-half for Arsenal. That seems to have been part of our history. Um, I was actually looking today at the last time two central defenders scored for us in the same game. And, was it Everton? Um, was it against Everton? No, I don't think so. The last one I could find, I may have missed one out, was when we drew 2-2 with Crystal Palace, a game when Granite Xhaka got involved in his little stuff that he did. Socrates and David Luiz scored our two goals that day. We drew, I don't think it's happened since then until the weekend, but it, it, I, may be, I may have missed one against Everton, perhaps. Um, that could have been three centre-halves, couldn't it? Because Chambers scored at the end, didn't he? And they well, he did actually, yeah. It. And then yeah. It was it would have yeah. been, that would have been a record, that probably, having three <laughs> centre-halves. So I don't think that was probably ever. I remember, before. was it against Fulham? Pascal Seagan scored twice in one game. I remember, did, I remember yeah. that. And I was just like, this is surreal. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, we've had one centre-back scoring twice in the game a few times, but two yeah. separate centre-backs scoring in the same game. It, it's not actually as unusual as I thought it was. We had mm. Mustafi and Socrates both scored against uh, Barte in the Europa League in 2019 at the Emirates. Going back, Galas and Vermaelen both scored against Everton. We won 6-1 on the first day of the season. They both yeah. scored in that game. Yeah. Um, that might have been the one that Dorsey might have been referring to. Because that was their own um, yeah, Funny enough, Galas and 
Gallas and Sylvester both scored against Tottenham in that four-all draw at the Emirates that season. So that was two centre-halves in that game. Going back a lot, well, a bit further. Yeah. Sylvester out my brain. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. you did score against Tottenham, so that, that's yeah, why. Yeah, fair play, yeah. <laughs> um, Keown and Adams both scored against Panathinaikos in the Champions League at Wembley in 98. We won that game 2-1. They both scored in that one. Bold and Keown both scored at Barnsley in the League Cup in 95. So there's another game where two different centre-backs scored. And the only other one I could find from sort of recent-ish years was Bold and Adams both scored against Nottingham Forest in 1988. It was early in the 88-89 season. We won 4-1. And Bold and Adams both scored in that game. So um, there's probably been others as well before that, but I, I didn't really go back much further than that because I didn't think anyone would remember anyway. Um, so it has happened a few times, but not obviously very regularly uh, in, in history, but it's probably not, not surprising. But there's been a few times. I say there's been a, a few there. And of course, obviously, Holden and Gabriel this week was the latest one. So um, a couple of other ones that I can sort of remember from some sort of um, big goals from centre-backs. Mertesacker scored the semi-final equalise against Wigan at Wembley when we were losing last five minutes or so. He popped up a big goal there. Mertesacker there with that one. He did score in a 15 cup final as well where that was, where it was already 3 up at that point. So that goal maybe wasn't quite so important. Um, what else have we got? My, my very first ever away game that I went to was against West Ham, funnily enough, was in 1981. And we won 2-1. And Chris White, who was a, a young player, played centre-back. He scored that day. So... Um, that'll always be a big one for me, just because obviously it was my first away game and he scored in it uh, as a centre back. Um, so that was one that I remember. There was, let's have a look. Steve Bowles scored twice against Sampdoria in the semi final, Cup Winners Cup 95. Twice, he hadn't scored for about a year and a half and he popped up with two goals in the same game. So that was quite a, an unusual one, a good one as well um, for Steve Bolt to get a couple of goals. Um, a lot of the others been mentioned obviously Campbell scoring in the Champions League final. It was another one that Kishoni got last game of the season at West Brom. To see what Champions League spot we won 3 2. He got the winning goal there. You scored that game as well. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember really liking him when he was on loan. And Andre right. Santos as well from him scored as well. Wow. So right. we, we won 3 2. Um, so, sorry to interrupt, but Francis Coquelin has scored as well. So they're 2 0 up at the moment, Villarreal. Are they really? Half time. Wow. <laughs> incredible, incredible. That is absolutely incredible stuff. Um, I don't know how to feel about that, actually, because obviously it would be nice in a way to have an all-English final again, but actually Liverpool getting knocked out wouldn't upset me too much. And actually Emery getting to the final would be an incredible story, wouldn't it? Um, but anyway, um, Loki's found the one from a long while ago, O'Leary versus Man United, 3-0-8-3. I remember that game, yeah. Brian Talbot scored the other two goals. But yeah, that was an unusual, rare goal. I remember actually O'Leary scoring the day he broke the record for the appearances for the club against Norwich in 89. Um, he wasn't playing regular at that time, but he, he broke the record that day. He did score. We won 4-3. It all kicked off at the end and... I think we got a big fire and that led to the points deduction the following year against Man United again. So um, he scored in that game. Well, that was a big goal for him personally, obviously. Um, obviously, we've got the uh, the big ones. Obviously, the Tony Adams one against Spurs. Um, I remember Martin Keown scoring twice in the last 10 minutes against Shakhtar Donetsk in the Champions League at Highbury one year. We were yeah. losing 2-1. And he scored yeah. twice at the end. I think he might have come on off the bench. And I think they sort of threw him on to play up front, actually. So he technically wasn't playing centre-back. And he got two goals from corners in the last five minutes. And we won. That was that was quite unusual um, for him to, to get two goals in one game. He only scored about 10 in his whole career, didn't he? So um, that was quite lovely. William Gallas scored a few as well. There was a last-minute goal against Man United. Do you remember that at the Emirates? When we yeah. were we drew 2-2, two, two, he got a last-minute equaliser. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sort of didn't go in the goal. It was cleared away. But it went over the line. It was given and 
that was quite a big goal. He, he did get one or two, actually. I know we, we don't like William Gallagher particularly, oh, but he did get one or two big goals. No, no. Not, not the fact that he's coming in and taking the number 10 shirt, so as soon as he did that, that was enough for me. To no, yeah, him. I never quite understood. It never sat right with me. A centre-back player number 10 anyway, it just doesn't look right. And as Loki puts in the chat there, Gallagher doesn't count. Well, no, he doesn't, but he, that, that goal did count at the time. It was quite a big goal at the time because... Uh, we thought we might we could have won the league that year, perhaps at that particular time, but obviously we didn't. Um, so yeah, there was, there was a few good ones. I say it's a shame Melvin wasn't here for that because he'd have probably gone back a bit longer and got some great ones from the 1960s and 70s and stuff like that. I say another Sol Campbell one was it Chelsea's first goal? It that was on Boxing yeah. Day, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, that yeah, was, I remember, that was yeah. I mean, he got a few goals for Sol Campbell actually, didn't he? Oh, he got one against Everton, I remember. Oh, Mel yeah. Melvin's Melvin's in the chat oh, now. Melvin's in the chat now. He, he said Linigan. Yeah, we, we we did mention Linigan, obviously the, the cup final winner, of course, um, one of the most famous goals in Arsenal's history. So yeah, that, that was obviously a big goal. <coughs> a big goal that was as well. Um, but yeah, I can't really think of too many other really big goals from centre backs other than the ones that we've mentioned. Really, um, I do remember Koscielny scoring a last minute winner at Burnley in uh, twenty. 2016, we, we, I think we were in top of the league that day. Last minute goal, he bundled one in. Um, obviously, it wasn't important going in because we didn't do anything that season, but at the time, it was quite important. Last minute winner was always a quite nice. Um, obviously, Vermala must have got a few more that I've forgotten about because he scored quite a lot of goals that season. I think he scored, we, we beat uh, Bolton 4 2 at, at the Emirates that season. And I think he, he we were losing at 2 0 at one point. We got it back to two two, and I think he scored the goal. I thought it was three two up for Marlon actually in that game, and then I think Arshavin got the fourth, um, and that was quite at the time. I think we were top of the league then as well, but obviously we didn't win it either. But anyway, um, and Melvin says there, uh, Terry Neal used to take our penalties and scored one against Spurs at Highbury. Oh, did he? Okay, I know he used to take penalties, Terry Neal. Yeah, but um, actually talking of Terry Neal, uh, uh, Willie Young, he was a centre back. He used to score some goals, didn't he? Willie Young when he played for. He popped up with a few big goals in Europe and stuff like that. I was to remember. Um, I was a bit young at the time, so I don't remember exact details. But I seem to remember him getting a few. Melvin might know a few of them actually. A few really young goals. He seemed to pop up with a few um, in in the big games. A bit like Tony Adams getting goals in the big games. He, he always seemed to be one of them sort of players that came up when you needed when you needed one. Um, so that's um, another one. I can't really remember any in particular, but I think the season we got to the final of a cup winners' cup in 1980, I think he got a couple of big goals on the run to that actually in some games that maybe we could have been knocked out, and he popped up with a with a header from a corner and, and got one for us. But yeah, I mean we, we've probably had over the years quite a, a few um, big goals from centre backs, haven't we? Actually, so maybe we shouldn't be so surprised um, from Saturday's uh, from Saturday's result actually because you know they, we do tend to get them. But yeah, getting two different ones in the same game is quite. Unusual. That was that was quite good actually. I, I sort of um, as soon as that you know when Gabriel scored the second goal, that's the first thing I thought of. Oh, we've had two centre backs scoring the same game, which is quite unusual. So I wanted to look into a little bit more. Um, Sam the chat there says, "Do you guys think Tottenham will get something from Liverpool?" Well, that's an interesting. I mean, <sighs> I mean, obviously if Liverpool do get knocked out tonight. Then wow, that's going to make a massive difference to their mindset, isn't it, for the weekend as well. Um, plus, it could be extra time in this game as well. That could add to the problems, couldn't it? So I don't know. I mean, what, what do you think, Dozzy? Do you do you think they can get a result against Liverpool? Because you know, you'd imagine probably not on paper, but it's come at a time when they just played the semi-final, and if they, you know, whatever happens tonight, could have an impact on the weekend, couldn't it? For the team selections and that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, I'm never going to say Tottenham can't get a result against anyone because I said that when they played City, um, <laughs> yeah. and that came back to bite me in the ass as well. So I'm. Listen, I think we're all 
we're all expecting Liverpool to win that game. And I think we're all basing our predictions and points, what we end up, points tally and stuff, based on the fact that they're going to drop three points there. But I wouldn't... Listen, when you've got a player like Harry Kane, you're, you're always going to score goals, unfortunately. And it's... Um, if Liverpool are slightly off it, depending on, on what happens tonight or like fitness levels, etc., you just can't put anything past it. But you would you would like to think that Liverpool, if they go out tonight, then obviously the Premier League is going to be the biggest one left for them to to really push for. So they're not going to want to they're not going to want to let that slip as well. Um, so you'd, you'd like to think that they they bounce back. Um, yeah, I think we've just we've just got to hope that Liverpool can beat them because I think we we need we need that really because if we beat Leeds, it gives us a nice pot five point gap going into the North London derby and we can kind of set up maybe slightly different with that game and mm. but we'll, yeah we'll see. I'm not going to say they can't not get a result because when you have got players like Son and Kane that just score goals for fun, um, they're always going to be dangerous, but. Just depends on how how many Mo Salah scores <laughs> or Mane. Yeah, I mean, you'd imagine. Obviously, if you look at the game on paper, you know, obviously the former Liverpool are winning in the Premier League. You, you know, I mean, you'd think yeah, they'll win. They're at home. You can't see any other result. But unfortunately, the, the Premier League isn't like that, is it? <laughs> you know, yeah. you do get results, as you said. Obviously, they got that result against City. Although they do have a good record against City, they don't have such a good record against Liverpool. And, for some reason, those things tend to make a difference. I don't know why, because, you know, it's just historic Historic results tend to sometimes play a part, don't they? Some teams just have a great res- great results against certain clubs. Um, and Spurs, it is Man City and not so much Liverpool. But, I mean, what do you think, James? Do you think that um, that uh, Liverpool are going to sort of obviously help themselves, but maybe do us a little bit of a favour as well? Or do you think Spurs are capable of getting, going there and getting a result, which would make even more pressure on us, wouldn't it? Yeah, oh, it's, it's tough because... I don't think anybody really expected us to get nine points out of Chelsea, United and West Ham. So I can't write them off potentially getting something out of Liverpool. The only saving grace uh, that I think is this is the same as uh, what Dorsey said, is if if they do get knocked out here, then they are going to want a reaction and their fans are going to want a reaction. And um, yeah, I think if they uh, do not, you know, if they don't, beat Spurs I think you know their fans are not going to be happy at all um, especially if they chuck the league because it's that neck and neck you know it's that neck and neck for top four and it's that neck and neck for the league and also funny enough the relegation zone looks a bit tight there as well so you've got three sort of lots of drama going on there Um, and I mean god almighty the sky are already pushing the narrative that it's the biggest game you know us. You know it's the biggest North London derby in the history. I'm like, it's not, but okay. No. You you run with that if it makes you happy. You've won the league there twice before. Yeah. yeah. That I saw some. I saw some people on Twitter today, and then when I clicked their profile, born in 2008, born in. I was like, oh, this makes sense now. <laughs> I was a bit like, <laughs> yeah, come on. I'm like, God, God Almighty. I'm like, there's time. You know, learning. Don't even think I was a glint in my dad's eye in '71, let alone. But I'm like, I know that's more important than this one's going to be. In, Two weeks' yeah. time. <laughs> right. Bloody hell. So, you know, those of us old enough, obviously, 2004 as well. Yeah. You know, that, of course. That, you know, and yes, you could maybe, I suppose, you could look at it and say, well, that those two times that we won the league at White Hart Lane, 
Um, there was nothing so much riding on it for Tottenham on those particular games other than stopping us. Whereas in this one, there's something riding on it for both teams. So from that perspective, mm. it's an important game. But from an Arsenal perspective, any Arsenal fan that says, oh, this is our biggest game ever against Tottenham, I'm sorry, but no, it isn't. <laughs> it's not even in the top five, probably. We've had no. two semi-finals at Wembley in the FA Cup for a start-off against Tottenham. We've had those two games that we won the league. So there's four for a start-off that are much bigger than this one's ever going to be. Yeah. And it, you know, we've we played Tottenham before, haven't we, in games where we've both been battling to get in the top four towards the end of the season in previous seasons as well so you know it's a big game don't get me wrong it's a really big game um but it's not the biggest game ever between the two clubs and if sky want to say it is let sky you know bash on but don't 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 think that they're right when they say that you know as an arsenal fan you've got to understand that the history that arsenal got with tottenham that this isn't anywhere near the biggest game between the two sides. i'll be keeping an eye on that chelsea wolves game as well yeah Wolves are on holiday, aren't they? I think in a minute. I think they're, they're done this season now, and I don't think they're going to be good enough to get. Wouldn't we'll complain if they did us a favour, though. <laughs> well, no, no, we wouldn't complain, but I'll, I'll be. I think that's unlikely. Looking at oh, the yeah. way Wolves yeah. are playing, but you, you never know. I mean, the Premier League's difficult. It's difficult to predict, isn't it? Um, Sam says there as well. Rich, do you think we have clinched top four, or is there a mistake in us? Well, there's definitely a mistake in or two in us. I think we've seen that throughout the season, haven't we? We can't take anything for granted, and we've got one or two potentially, well, we've got actually four potentially tricky games for one reason or another, different reasons, perhaps the teams that we've got to play. That is, you know, I don't think it's done yet at all. No, I don't. I think we've still got, um, I think we need to win potentially three out of four games to make sure that we do get it for definite. Um, can we do that? Yeah, I don't see why we can't. Will we do it? It's another matter, but we'll have to wait and see. We're in a good it's position. Bad, I'm more worried about the Newcastle game out of all of them. No, well, I think that's the toughest one that we've got. I'm so not do I. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. People yeah. Are like, you're a lunatic. I'm like, am I? I don't know. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I think it is the toughest game we've got. You know, I, I mean, I think they're all tough in their own way for different yeah. reasons. I say, yeah. Everton fighting for their life, they could need to win that game. So they're not going to just come and roll over. They're going to be battling for everything in that game. So that won't be easy. Leeds as well, on, on, we'll come on to Leeds game in a minute. They're fighting for survival. They're not going to be easy to beat. Obviously, we know Tottenham, that's not going to be easy. North London, Derby and Newcastle, as you said. So, I think we've got four tough games. People say, oh, we've got an easier running. I don't think we have. <laughs> I think we've got four really difficult games, you know. And if, if we can get three wins, I think that'll be enough. Well, it should be enough if we get three wins. But assuming that Tottenham don't win all theirs, then that might be different. But you'd imagine, you know, can they beat us? Can they beat Liverpool and win the others? I don't know. They've got two easier games the last two. Certainly, they've got Burnley and Norwich, haven't they? So, potentially, that could be, you know, if they beat us, they've then got two potentially winnable games for them at the end, haven't they? Whereas we've got Newcastle Everton, which are more difficult. But anyway, you start, I don't want to even think about the other games too much. You can't predict them because you think, are we going to win that? Are they going to win that? And it's like, it does your head in, doesn't it? Let's just get our games played. Let's win our games or do the best that we can in our four games and hope at the end of it. Um, it's enough. Loki says there, um, I can still picture that Tottenham child crying when they got the full score. Yeah, that was that, that was that game where um, Koscielny scored against Newcastle, wasn't it? And, yeah. Um, I think Tottenham had fought Newcastle and equalised. I had told that, wasn't they? And that they were obviously they hadn't. And uh, yeah, that was quite amusing, I suppose. But anyway, it's not nice to see a child get upset. But if it's if it's to do with Tottenham, <laughs> it's kind of you know. In my uh, in in my head, I keep every time I look at these fixtures because it. They're all over the place in there at the moment. People are doing yeah. fixture comparisons yeah. and stuff. And every time I look at it, and I think if we can go into that Newcastle game still with that potential five-point gap, if the results go oh, where yeah. they're going to go, then I, I then I think we should be okay. That's what I keep keep looking at the games. I think if we can get there still with that five-point gap intact, 
then then I think we'll be okay. So that, that, well, that would mean obviously us beating Leeds and drawing with Spurs, wouldn't it? And then Spurs yeah. losing or drawing with us, yeah, which is yeah. It's possible. Obviously, of course it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think we'd all be quite happy with that. As Melvin rightly says there, though, um, let's just worry about Sunday. Exactly, yeah. We, we have to worry about our games, do the best that we can, and hopefully the results go. So, I mean, talking of that, then why not let's look ahead then to Sunday's what is now a really massive game. Bro. Of course, Leeds is traditionally one of the old rivals of Arsenal going back into the 1970s and stuff like that, you know, when we were battling for league titles and stuff with them. But it's always a big game, actually, Arsenal against Leeds. You know, Leeds are a big club, whatever people think. I know they've had their tough times, but they are a big club. It is always a big game. Um, a few kind of um, little statistics. Statistics about how we've done against them. We're actually unbeaten in the last 11 meetings against Leeds in all competitions, home and away. That actually goes back to the game in May 2003, which was the last game before the 49 game unbeaten minus. Last time Leeds beat us, can you believe that? 2003, just before that 49 game. So, um, looking at it that way, if, if we do lose to Leeds, if it starts another 49 game unbeaten run, I suppose we can maybe take that. But um, let's hope they don't, because that was a big defeat at the time, because it cost us a league title, didn't it? When they yeah. when they won a hybrid at that day. So, oh, um, but that yeah, is the last time. I remember that massively. Um, my dad launched his mobile, and we got in the car, <laughs> and he didn't speak to me the whole way home. Normally, you yeah, have the radio was... on everything. It was just dead silent the whole way. Home. I'm like. Yeah, right, that was yeah. Mark Faduka, weren't it? Yeah, well, I was yeah. in a, I was in London doing a, I was doing a work um, like exhibition and stuff. I could have my phone on me or anything, so I had no idea what any of the scores were, were or what was going on. And I remember getting off the train at Guildford, walking back in. I nipped into Barmed, bought a pint. Mark Faduka scored. I walked straight back out again. Didn't even touch yeah. my pint. I was fuming, and it was just yeah, yeah that was a good day that one. That was a shocker, actually, wasn't it? And, yeah. you know, we basically gave the league title to Man United anyway that day. But I suppose from that, we got that fantastic invincible run, didn't we? So, you know, I suppose we can look back on it now and maybe smile about it now. But obviously, at the time, it was it was horrible. Um, but, yeah, the fact they've not beaten us since. And, yeah, as, as Melvin rightly says there, mostly cup games. Yeah, a lot of them have been cup games. We played them in the FA Cup quite a lot. We, of course, played them in the League Cup this year as well, didn't we? We beat them 2-0 at the Emirates earlier this season. So we've we played them once. And of course, we did win 4-1 at Ellen Road as well when they were struggling a bit um, at Christmas time. Um, Stephen says there, yeah, Viduka hated the cold. He was always injured when the winter came. But you can't blame him. He's from a hot place, isn't he? So he's going to not really understand the cold where is he, to be fair. But uh, he, he certainly wasn't cold that day, was it, when he got that goal uh, at Highbury. So uh, he scored a few against us, I seem to remember, actually, Viduka over the years. But, um, but yeah, Loki says there, yeah, I remember nil nil in the FA Cup at Highbury. In '93, Siemens um, best ever save of the No, I remember that one. That was was that the one um, where was it? Lee Dixon missed the penalty in the last minute, fired it into the North Bank when we had a chance to win, and then we had another replay out there at their place, didn't we? And we ended up winning in the end. But yeah, we had a, we've had a few cup battles with Leeds actually over the years. Seem to have a lot of replays against them and stuff like that. And obviously the most famous ones, of course, the Thierry Henry one, isn't it? The FA Cup when he came back against Leeds at the Emirates and got that goal, which we'll all remember. Um, with uh, obviously fondness as well, but remember the one um, where he scored four goals as well. I was at that one, yeah, and that was in the invincible yeah. season, wasn't it? That one where he was falling over and he still scored, it was like everything yeah. he touched yeah. in that page. Yeah. Yeah. That was, was that amazing. Robinson in goal as well? I remember, yeah, it was he, Robinson in goal, yeah, yeah, he was always right. a bit of a bastard, wasn't he? Yeah, so that was, yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he at that point in oh, time, oh, Thierry Henry was he was just unplayable, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was on mute. Yeah, Paul Robinson loved conceding a goal against us, didn't he? I remember even when he was at Blackburn yeah. and stuff, he used to put a few past him then. <laughs> yeah, we did, yeah. And Tottenham. 
Yeah, Tottenham, exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, Thierry, I mean, basically at that time, he was just unplayable, wasn't he, at that particular time? Just incredible, yeah. incredible stuff. Um, yeah, brilliant, that was. Uh, Loki says they're 4-0 away. Uh, right, did right get a hat-trick away at Leeds? I remember he got that chip, didn't he, against Lukic that time at Ellen Road when he chipped Lukic. I don't think he got a hat-trick that day, did he? I think we won that game. Um, but we, we have had some... You know, we've had some good results against Leeds in recent years. In fact, we've only lost 10 of the last 60 games that we've played against them going back to 1973. So there you go. Only 10 in the last 60. We've won 28 of them games. So we have got a good record against them. Obviously, last season's game at the Emirates was at 4-2. Aubameyang got a hat-trick. I'm talking of hat-tricks. Um, Aubameyang got a hat-trick, didn't he? Last season's game. Uh, I wonder what ever happened to him. Um, and Hector Bellerin actually scored the other goal. And he's not at the club either anymore. So there you go. Um but yeah, we were 4 0 up, I think, in that game, wasn't we? And then Leeds scored two goals. We got a bit sloppy at the end, didn't we? And let them back into it a little bit. Um, but yeah, we, we obviously won that comfortably in the end, didn't we? Um, so obviously, Sunday, then it's, it's going to be a completely different game to last season. Leeds have picked up, haven't they, under their new manager? Um, and um, they're playing a lot better. Um, but we're at home, we're in good form, as we know, or certainly good, good run of results that we've had. I mean, Dorsey, what are you anticipating? Because I actually think this could be a really difficult game. Like you said earlier on, they're all they're all going to be tough. You know, there's there's pre- as as we check off these games, regardless of results, the the pressure is just going to um, amplify over the course of these next four games. And you would like to think that coming off the back of the results that we've had, uh, obviously Chelsea United and and then obviously away to West Ham, mm. the, the boy the, the lads have got to be in a good place, haven't they? Um, mm. So you you would think going into this game, we know that. The only thing really that is a bit of a concern is complacency. The fact that we are at home, they are a team further down the table. That's the only thing where I think maybe that as long as we can stop that from kicking in, we've, we've got to start games better than we did against West Ham. Um, we've got to yeah. start quick. If we can get a nice early goal, just first 15, 20 minutes, it just settles the nerves a little bit and allows allows us to be able to play a bit of football. So um, I am I am expecting us to win it. Um I know it will be a tough game. I certainly don't think it's going to be two, three, four nil or anything like that. I think it'd be a a tight game, but um, I, I think I'd like to think we've got enough uh, enough in us to win it. As long as there's no injury concerns, if we can get Ben White back, um, if Tommy's fit, obviously he's come off again against uh, against West Ham. So we'll just we just have to see. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm confident that we can pick up the three points in this one. Yeah, I mean, I am confident that we can win, but I think that it's it's not going to be it's not going to be easy. Melvin says they yeah. they were shocking against City over the weekend. Yeah, but I mean, most teams look shocking against City, don't they? I mean, we look shocking against City mostly. So you know, I don't think we can judge Leeds on a game against or anyone again a game against Man City particularly. Um, I do think they have picked up, pick, sorry, they picked up their form since the new managers come in. Maybe new manager bounce and stuff like that and re- revitalise them a little bit, and they've certainly got better. Have they got enough to come to the Emirates and get a result um i don't know i mean what are you thinking james in the head of this one um obviously we know how important the game is for us but as loki rightly says there Leeds need the points because they're not clear exactly they do they're, they're desperate for the points they'll be desperate for anything they can get from this game and they're going to fight and battle for everything aren't they so I, I mean what are you kind of anticipating for this do you think it's going to be a game that we maybe need to be patient or um do you think we we should be too good for them uh, i think i think we're too good for them um but i do agree with what loki said and that's what i think might come into play is that mm. they're going to try and actually come out and play a game. They're not going to sit back and, and I think we're just too good and we're just going to pick them off. 
Um, I'm, I'm predicting another three-one in. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think. Okay. I think. It, I think it, we, we, it, we we'll grind it at stages, but we we've got more than enough to uh, to see that out. I mean, um, the West Ham game the other day, Odegaard. I, I know he got a bit of flack here and there, but. Declan Rice were just on him the whole game. It was just like, yeah. you know, he just followed him and followed him and cut off yeah. all those passing lanes. Leeds might look at that and go, that's the kind of thing that we're going to do. But I don't think they've got a player at the calibre of what Declan Rice is. Um, so I think they'll try and Odegaard should just be able to pick it through. He'll have a game probably on Sunday and everyone will go, oh, yeah, well, why did I question him last week? You know, he's <laughs> class. It's just... It's, I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, he, he's had what one bad game in a couple. You know, I thought Martinelli. Had a I thought Martinelli had a terrible game against West Ham, but nobody didn't see anything about him. It's like you know, maybe it's because it's not your favourite who's on the back of a shirt. You know, I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, it's not so much I haven't got out a bad game. Like you said, Declan Rice has played well against him. And, uh, you know, I think players have bad games sometimes because they're just off form themselves. But when the player that's maybe marking you has a great game and stops you from getting involved, it's not really you've had a bad game. You yeah. just haven't been able to influence the game due to the other team. And I think that's more the case of it. I don't think he had a bad game necessarily. He just wasn't able to stamp his authority on the game due to the fact that he was marked out of the game. And it happens, isn't it? Even the greatest players get marked out of games sometimes and they just yeah. kind of... Maybe what what I did like was that Eddie saw that and he come deep a bit and tried to create a few more. Yeah. You know, there was facets. Eddie played games. well, didn't he? Well, I didn't even well. know that he had that in his locker. You know, I've had no. someone that's been quite respectful to him, but I didn't know he had that dimension to him. So I was like, fair enough. You know, he done everything but score. I mean, the yeah. one from El Nenny, yeah. I'm like, oh, come on, mate. You've got to be, you have to bury that. Yeah. Like, the service deserved it. <laughs> Well, he did. He did, and actually, he's quite unlucky. But yeah, he should really score that. I mean, yeah. I think now he's almost, you know, well, he has played his way into the side, hasn't he? Because Lacazette yeah, yeah. was fit. He was on the bench on on Sunday, and you'd imagine that Eddie's going to start again at the weekend. I would say because oh, he's, he's, yeah. he's growing in. He's grown into the team, hasn't he? The last few games, he's got better and better. Yes, he's not scored in the last three after getting uh, in the last two. So after getting them two goals against Chelsea, but he's he's had a big influence, hasn't he, in the way that he's played and he. Coming in onto his, and maybe you know he did say. I mean, I saw him at the interview on YouTube a few weeks ago saying he's never had a run in a team to really show what he can do. And maybe now he's got that run. And maybe yeah. we haven't seen that in him before because he hasn't played enough. And maybe now he's playing, we can start to see actually he's got a little bit more to his game than maybe we we assumed that he had. And you know, fair play to him because he is playing well. And you know, he's not quite solved the goal scoring issue yet. I mean, he's, he's he started four games, only scored in one of them, one out of four games that he started, which. You know, if 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 that was Lacazette or that was Aubameyang, Peter would be on their back. Where he's not scoring enough. He's not scoring yes. enough. He has got two goals in those four games. Like, the thing I'll the thing I'll say to uh, to that is is though, um, if you remember, there were games where Aubameyang and Lacazette were doing absolutely nothing. You could tell you yeah. you couldn't even tell they were there. At yeah. least with Enketia, yes, they're sitters, especially the one with De Gea where he kicked it straight down his throat, and then yeah. the one you know, like I said, the one from El Nene, but. They weren't getting in those kind of positions. And I mean, no. he's a similar person, like Lacassette, in that he's probably not going to be here at the end. Of, but he's willing to go, look, the last five games, four games, whatever it is, I will do you a job. And then maybe, and just maybe. And he's putting himself in a shop window, isn't he? As well. Yes. Yeah. But I, I think what the guys on Sky said to an extent was quite true. Where they're like, everywhere that he goes now will be a downgrade. But I, for me, I look at it and think we can't keep them all. 
Um, you know, as much as I think Rob Holding's a great guy, he's probably going to go. As much as I think El Nenny, when he comes in, does a great job, he's probably going to want to go. And Eddie's the same um, because if we're going to sign two strikers, okay, Arteta's had six windows and not signed any, but I think he hasn't got a choice this time around. No, no, he, but he what, what marquee strike, you know, people are saying it's going to be Gabriel Jesus. Gabriel Jesus is not going to sit on the bench because Nketiah's playing, especially if he's leaving Man City to sign for us. I just, I just don't see it. And no. that's even, you know, if we finish even higher up and we look at, you know, these even bigger ones than Gabriel Jesus, they're not going to sit on the bench because Nketi is playing. So No, you do need backups, don't you? you oh, 100%. You, and, yeah, that, that's the thing. But you know, I don't you're getting rid of Holding and El Nini and El Ketty. Well, they're not the players that are going to be playing in the first team if you want to progress. But they yeah. are decent squad players who come in and always do a job. Yeah. I mean, Eddie's yeah. showing what he can do. They El never, Nini, never moaned. They never complained. Rob Holding always does a job, doesn't he? Always. Yeah. And these are players that, you know, it's difficult to keep good players as squad players because they, they should be playing and they want to play and if they're not playing they're going to be kicking off and wanting to move and stuff like that and you can understand that if they're a good player so when you've got some decent squad players that seem happy to, to be in the squad seem happy to play the odd game and, and always give 100% when they do we I think we should try to keep them if we can I'm, I'm not saying Eddie and Ketty is, is is maybe the best example I think certainly El Nenny and Holding I would like to keep them in the squad because I think they're useful players to have and they do a great job when they're needed um, yeah. But yes, they're not going to be. You, you won't want them to be playing every week if we want to progress to the next level because they're not good enough for that. We all know that. But they are good players to have in the squad to come in. And maybe Eddie and Kate could be that. You know, if we do buy two big strikers or at least one big striker and another good striker in the summer, and Eddie and Kate was the third choice striker, you'd be quite happy with that because you know if he has to play, and he will get games in Europa League or Champions League. Sorry for in it. And if he's, you know, he's going to get games, and if he has to do a job in the, in the Premier League, you, you can think he can come in and do something because we've seen it. So, yeah. you know, can we afford to get rid of everybody? No, probably not. But no. will they be happy to be bit part players? You know, in the future, we'll have to see. I mean, El Nenny and Holding probably are with El Nenny, yeah. uh, with uh, Enketia now. We don't know. He's had a taste of it now, isn't he? Playing game after game in the Premier League, you might want to keep that. You might want to look elsewhere. So we'll see. But you need I, to I think, I think uh, the manager wants to keep all three, ideally. Yeah. But... I, I... I, I think I think all three will stay. I really do. I think Eddie, yeah. like I can't remember whether it was you, Rich, or, or James that said it earlier, but wherever Eddie goes, it's going to be a downward step. Um, yeah, I will, yeah. I mean, the guy, four weeks ago, people were saying he wasn't good enough for the Premier League. So hmm. you would look in, you'd be looking that he'd be dropping down to the Championship. So I think he's got every intention to stick around if, if he can. But we've got to remember all these players that we got out on loan as well. You've got people like, obviously, Bellerin, Again, likely to go, but you know Nelson. You got all these players that are out on loan. So, how much, how much can you do in one window? Because uh, I know Mikel's yeah. obviously done it over the course of three or four windows now. So it's, I, I'll be surprised if if Holding goes. Um, I'll be surprised if Elneny goes. I wouldn't be too shocked if if Enketia goes. But I think if they if they can strike a deal uh, with the amount of games that we, we're going to have next season, hopefully. Um, he'll, he'll get more game time, so he'd be quite happy to maybe give it one more season. But Lacazette's obviously going to go. Um, you can't do it all in, in one window, so I think you've got to try and keep that stability there as well. 
Um, yeah. I think more now it's numbers, isn't it, that we need? It's obviously yeah, exactly. quality. Yeah, yeah. We, we obviously need that that next level of quality oh. player in. But I think we if need, you go we into need... next year, Gabriel, White, Holding and Saliba, if we can yeah. convince Saliba. Oh, yes, the, yeah, Saliba's I coming think back. That's great. I, mean, I think yeah. that's a good... You've got four different options. You know, if you want the ball player, you can have him with White. If you, you know, and Gabriel, they're more comfortable on... But I'm like, if you want the two big boys, you can do it that way. You know, you, you've got yeah. the options that you can have. Are brilliant. Mm. I mean, you've got Tommy Asu that can jump in there if you really want to go for it and buy a new right back. You just got you've got yeah. so many different ways that you can do it. It's, uh, I'm really, it's I'm really, um, I'm interested to see what happens with Saliba um, because he's had he's obviously had such a good season out in France. He's played yeah. week in, week out, arguably their most important play. He's been, he's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, mm. But on the flip side of that, Arsenal are a bigger club. Um, he is going to want to come back and he is going to want to prove himself. But Gabriel and Ben White have built up a, a, a really strong partnership. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there because I'm fully expecting him to come back and for him to obviously stay. And I've, I know there's talks about extending his contract to Arsenal. So is he going to want to sign that right now with any... He's not that's, got any guarantees, is he? So that's the thing. He's been playing regularly, hasn't he? And when a player's yeah, been playing regularly, you can't let a player like that go. Yeah. You can't no. because he's oh, he, he, well, he's he's yeah. a different he's a different level. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how how Miguel yeah, yeah. manages yeah. that situation because he's played forty nine no, games this season as well, which is massive. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. sort yeah. of for me justifies the reason that he was loaned out because he was never going to get he was never going to get 49 games for us no way no he, way well yeah that as well yeah exactly exactly yeah it was exactly yeah. the right decision to let him go out on loan and you it think was. That it, obviously it's not the strongest of leagues but you still are playing against Neymar you still are playing against Messi yeah. you're still playing against Mbappe and in every single one of those games he's held his own and there's been clips yeah. and People forget no. they're still the biggest club in France. PSG can throw it around as yeah, much as they like. Yeah, yeah. Mars, they have won the European. You know, they they are still a much bigger club than PSG are. Yeah, yeah no, no. no. Yeah, well, I say we, we kind of expect Liverpool to go through, don't we? I suppose. Um, <laughs> Loki's gone for three-one as well. They score for oh, there you go. That we one we talked about before coming from behind and winning. We haven't done that very often. I mean, Doris, you didn't give a score prediction. What's your score prediction for Sunday against Leeds? I must admit, three-one does sound good. I do fancy us to get to get a few goals. Um, I, but just just to mix it up a bit, I'm going to go two-nil. I want to see if we can keep a clean sheet. I'll, I'll take a two-nil win. Well, any win will do, won't it? Let's be honest. I mean, a two-nil or three-one will be quite. I actually think it is going to be a really, really difficult game, and I think we're going to have to be really patient. And I think that you know. Um, if we can get an early goal, fantastic. But I'm not sure if we will. I think we're going to have to just. You know, be patient and buy that time, and you know, create the opportunities that when we can. I actually think it might end up one nil. I think we might just. I think it might be a one nil. It might be a really tense, tight one nil. But I think we will have enough to beat them. Um, but I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be straightforward at all. Uh, Loki says El Nini is a fine squad player. Keep me. No, I agree. I, but the, the problem that we we're going to have is it depends on who we buy in the summer and what positions as to who. Which squad players we can keep? Yeah, we need more numbers. We know that we're short in numbers. Are we look at the bench every week with the kids on and stuff like that? So we do need numbers. And I personally wouldn't get rid of El Nini or Holding. Personally, I would keep both of them because I think they are really solid squad players, and that's the sort of players that you need, especially when you've got extra games next season. So I, I would definitely keep both of them. But um, I guess it's not just as simple as that. Is it? It's down to what they want in their career as well. They both seem pretty happy, but 
do they not want to play more games? Of course they do. Everyone wants to play more games, don't they? Um, Loki's got a point. He says, Old Ellen Road was a great away day. It certainly was. I remember standing in that terrace along the side when it used to be raining and stuff like that in the 90s and whatever, when they came back to the Premier League. That was interesting away game, wasn't it? Um, back in the day, we had a few good uh, good away games at Ellen Road. A few 2-2 draws, I seem to remember as well. Uh, Limpar got a, a great goal in one of them, didn't he? I seem to remember that. Um, Neil says, hi, lads. He says, um, hope you're all are well. Yeah, we're doing well, mate. Obviously, it's been uh, it's been a good week again for Arsenal, hasn't it, with another victory. And, you know, it's just getting a little bit tense at the minute, though, isn't it, with the last few games of the season. And I think that the tension is going to really start to show. And, you know, that may be the... In, in a way, maybe we're lucky in the fact that we're playing two teams that's got a relegation battle on their hands. So they're going to be tense as well. Um, we've got, obviously, the North London derby. We know how tense that's going to be. But Tottenham are going to be, be under pressure as well. And it's only maybe Newcastle, the only team that we've got to play that don't really have anything to play for, especially, because they can't get relegated. They can't get Europe. They're just muddling around. But, you know, they, they've had a great um, run of form. They've been on, especially at home. I know Liverpool beat them at the weekend, but as if, uh, I think they won the previous six at home before that. So, you know, they've got nothing to play for, but they're nice and relaxed, aren't they? And maybe that might make a difference. But at least the other teams that we play have all got pressure on them as well. So that can maybe help us slightly, perhaps we'll have to see. Um, Stephen says, Liverpool have pulled it back. It's 2-1 tonight. So like, yeah, we, we just heard that one. So it looks like they might be going through. Um, Neil says, Defo winning on Sunday. He's gone 3-1 as well. Everyone's going 3-1 tonight, aren't they? Well... Well, here we go. So it definitely won't be three one. Neil, Neil's not. Neil's on a good run at the moment. He's he's, he's he is, smashing actually. it he, with uh, predictions. He he said third weeks ago. So if he gets that right, like I said, he's smashing oh, it well. on the predictions at the moment. It just concerns me. Too many people have said three one. So it seems unlikely. <laughs> too many people have predicted it. So, but anyway, I mean, if it is three one, great. It'd be it'd be a decent, uh, very good result for us. But but yeah, I mean. Let's just win the game. I don't really care what the score is, I've got to be honest. I've been saying this for a while. Let's just win the game. If it's a scrappy 1-0, brilliant. If if we play, you know, fantastic football and win 5-0, um, then that's that's great as well. Um, Neil says, uh, uh, cheers, James, for obviously, you know, giving him a, a shout-out for his predictions there. Um, yeah, I mean, I think last time he was on the show, he got the score right, didn't he? I think as well. So, he, he's doing pretty well at the minute. Yeah, he's doing great. Yeah, he's smashing it. Like I said, he's smashing it. <laughs> So whatever the lottery numbers are, Neil, put them on the screen as well, so we can all uh, we can all win some money as well. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Don't keep it to yourself. Come on. Um, and Neil says, yeah, exactly. We just need twelve points. Well, we do. I think maybe nine points might be enough if I'm honest. But let's get the twelve anyway, just to be just to be certain. You know, we can't rely on nine necessarily. But um, I think if if whatever points we get, I think if three of them are against Tottenham, then. Almost that's going to be enough, isn't it, on its own? Not just on its own, if we lose the others. But if three of the points that we get are against Spurs and we get others as well, then I think that's probably going to be enough. But can we get a Tottenham win when we talk about that game, obviously, um, next week? Because it is, obviously, next week that we play it. So um, that is going to be a massive game, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, Neil says, yeah, I'm greedy, I want third. Well, no, I mean, third would be, would be great. Not that it makes an awful lot of difference, fourth or third, really. I mean, yeah, it'd be nice to meet above Chelsea. And it would be nice, wouldn't it, actually, maybe in a way, if Chelsea were to drop out of the top four completely. I know it might mean Spurs getting there, but it would be quite funny when they were title changes, apparently, at the start of the season. And, of course, now they might not have any money because um, Abramovich may be wanting all his money back, in which case... Um, they're, 
Yeah, buying new players have to sell off their squad and they're probably end up getting relegated and doing a doing a lease, funny enough, and ended up in League One or somewhere like that. So uh, it'd be a shame, wouldn't it, if it happened to Chelsea? Funny because you know, me and uh, Neil both predicted Chelsea to win the league before a ball was kicked at the start of the season. We both thought many people did. Yeah, well, they won the Champions League, didn't they? They had a great. Yeah, I got, I got sucked in. Yeah, I got sucked in. Yeah, I think we all did actually. I, 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 you know, they started this season well as well, didn't they? Obviously, they, they beat us at the Emirates. They won their first few games. And they looked Lukaku good. Didn't they? was looking good. All he was, good. and it's all gone. It's all gone a little bit Pete Tong from. But I mean, said that, you know, couldn't happen to yeah. a nicer bunch of people. <laughs> well, it couldn't. Could it? They're only FA Cup final, I suppose. So that's, that's something they've got to look forward to, haven't they? But anyway. Um, uh, Neil says, yeah, the Spurs game is key, but for some reason, I'm more concerned with Newcastle. Well, we've been, we said that earlier, actually. I know you, he wasn't in the show, he was, he was at work. But yeah, we were saying that, uh, me, me and James Bogue said, we think that's our toughest game, Newcastle away, the one we're most worried about, actually. And I, I think it is. I'm going to that game as well. So I'm hoping we win, because otherwise it'd be a nightmare. But anyway. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, I think we all thought Chelsea would certainly be challenging for the league this year. And, you know, it hasn't quite worked out. And I say, what the future holds for them. I mean, that could be quite interesting, actually, because Chelsea may be on, on the way out. So we don't need to worry about them in the top four, challenging, but you've got Newcastle maybe coming in to replace them. That's the only danger, is it? So it might not necessarily um, make a lot of difference if if, uh, if Newcastle jump in their, in their place. Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea will find a way around it. They won't. No, they, they won't, won't, probably, they, they they won't go away, unfortunately. Um, well, I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of hopeful because they're the one club that I've just been so annoyed that they got all that money, really, because you know they don't deserve it. Though, let's be honest. And mm. you know we, we don't want them to, to keep it. And Loki says their chickens always lose in the end. It's their destiny. <laughs> well, it seems to be their destiny, doesn't it? But my, I, I've always thought this, and you know when they got to the Champions League final the other year, and when they were sort of looking as though they they might possibly win the league, I kept thinking that yes. They always blow it, but one year they're not gonna. It's just the law of averages says eventually it they won't blow it at some point. And it worries me that when that's years when that's gonna be, what season that's gonna be. I mean, I'm, I'm not assuming it's gonna be this season in particular, but at one time or other, they can't keep going this long, can they, without winning anything time? Surely. They just it just the law of averages suggests that eventually they, they will do something. <laughs> they will, won't they? You'd imagine. But let's just hope it isn't for a while yet. Um Neil says, yeah, you'll bring us luck. Well, I don't know about that. I'm glad you're going defo winning now. Well, yeah, I've got 100% record this season. Every game I've been to, we've won. But there you go. Um, I haven't seen us lose for, obviously, I didn't go to any games last season because of lockdown. So, I can't remember the last time. I was, I'll tell you the last time I saw us lose. Sheffield United in uh, Emery's, dying Embers of Emery. That's the last game I saw us lose when we lost 1-0 there. So, that was a long time ago. So, yeah, let's hope I can keep that run going and we don't lose. Again, uh, Melvin says, um, if it wasn't Chelsea, it might have been Spurs for the Russians' money. Yeah, that's 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 true, but it is Chelsea, so we'll have to enjoy enjoy their demise, I think, because uh, it's been long overdue, hasn't it? And I just want Man City to be next then. That'd be nice. Get rid of them two out of the equation. And then we'll get back to the old days, you know, Arsenal, Man United, maybe, uh, battling it out for the league again. That's what we want, don't we? Let them bring those days back. And all these new clubs with, you know, New money. We don't want them involved at all. It's not. It's not right. We need to go back to the good old days of the traditional clubs fighting for the league and stuff like that. And that's what we want to see. None of this. Uh, none of this um, new stuff. We don't like that. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's good stuff. I mean, you know, we're all predicting a win against Leeds, which is nice. Um, and let's hope that uh, that's the case. And then, um, I mean, obviously Liverpool, uh, Tottenham is uh, before us, isn't it? Because they're playing on Saturday, aren't they? They're playing. Yeah, yeah Saturday. So. Um, Obviously, if, if Liverpool, if uh, Spurs have got a result, it puts even more pressure on us, I guess. But we can only win our games. We can't worry about what what Tottenham do. 
obviously we've got to play them so we can worry about them but we just have to win our games don't we and if they win theirs they win them we just have to beat them or draw them at their ground and do what we have to do I mean if I keep saying it's in our hands but actually it's in Tottenham's hands as well because if they win every game they'll finish fourth if we win every game we'll finish fourth but that we are obviously playing each other. So it's kind of in both our hands, really, to a certain degree. Um, but we just have to worry about ourselves, win our games, and that's all we can do. And hopefully, 3-1 on, on, uh, on Sunday would be good, wouldn't it? It would be take good. If we, yeah, I think we'll, we'll all take 3-1, won't we? We'll have to see. I, I say I think it's going to be tough. I really do. But um, let's see um, how that goes. But yeah, I mean, at least at the minute, we can, you know, we've had some great results, haven't we, the last couple of weeks. It's been a good turnaround following that terrible, terrible, terrible run we had just before. Um, and let's hope that we're finding form at the right time. Um, if you're gonna, if you're gonna go on a good run of wins, the best time to go on a good run of wins at the end of the season, isn't it? When things are up for grabs and things count, you know, it's all right. It's all very well winning games in December and January and all them kind of places. Yeah, that's great. But at the end of the season, you need to win the games if, if you're fighting for stuff. Um, oh, it's 2-2 Liverpool now. Wow. They've come back from 2-0 down. So it looks like they're going through to the final, Liverpool. So hopefully uh, they'll be buzzing them for the weekend, won't they, now? They've got through. They'll be they'll be well up for that game now on the, on the, on Saturday. Uh, Russ says, well, evening, lads. Yeah, good evening, Russ. Hope you are well, mate. And uh, looking forward, obviously, to the game on uh, on on Sunday, of course, against uh, against Leeds. Um, so yeah, brilliant. So that's the uh, the Tuesday clean for today. They're saying nice, good, positive stuff tonight, as always, because we're doing well at the minute, which is nice. So no negativity to bog us down or anything like that, which is good. Um, Dorsey, thank you very much for joining us. Again, you enjoyed the show. Yeah, always, mate. I don't know why we don't just do what we did in 2004, just win every game. I mean, it makes it a lot easier. Oh, yeah, I, I can't understand why we don't. It's pretty inconsiderate of them to keep losing, yeah. games, isn't it? Really. Be a lot less stressful for us, but hey, listen, we just got to enjoy the last four weeks, and we just try and enjoy it as much as we can. I'd rather be in the mix than not in it. It's always going to be stressful, but um, just got to get behind the lads, and, and hopefully, hopefully, we can get it over the line. So, uh, but yeah, good show, positive at the moment. Um, big game Sunday again, another three points, and we roll into roll into North London and see if we can. See if we can take something off that, that lot and then we'll, we'll be all right, I think. But, um, yeah, yeah, one game at a time. One game at a time. Yeah, one game at a time. Exactly. We we worry about a Tottenham game next week when obviously when we've got past Leeds. But maybe, I mean, you know, you're saying it's stressful. And, I mean, even in 2004, there were still moments of stress in that season, wasn't there? Yeah, you know, was, there yeah. plenty, plenty of, you know, we never seem to do things the easy way generally, do we? Um, no. Arsenal seems to be the Arsenal way. So, you know, we're never going to have things... Um, easy are we but um ultimately in a way that makes it more exciting doesn't it you know uh, it, what would be the point of being 10 points clear now with with four games left it'd be boring wouldn't it because you would only need you only need one more win and then it's like what do you do with the other three games you know what i mean they'd be pointless won't they but at least now every single game matters so it's exciting and it's tense and you know it makes it more interesting i guess but yeah um maybe a little bit less stressful on the heart maybe but anyway um loki says there yeah, a chicken on a basketball for a badge um days since they won the league is it is that how long it is since they won the league is it well that is um quite a long time isn't it, really but anyway that's a shame isn't it? and it's going to end up being quite a lot more than that before they win it again i would imagine by the look of it um neil says yeah glad i caught the end lads stay well and let's get behind the lads and clinch a third cover well it's there is it we're only three points behind so who knows anything can happen uh and neil says stay safe or yourself mate yeah look forward to speaking to you again very soon um and james as well thank you for coming on you enjoyed the show no worries yeah as always thank you very very much and uh like neil said just come on let's back them and let's beat leads let's uh 
get something out their ground and shut them up. Let's put Newcastle back in the box and then let's relegate Ashley Cole on the last day. Let's go. Come on. Let's get it done. <laughs> That'd be lovely, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would. I mean, to, to be fair, I mean, Everton are, you know, such a famous old club and I've got nothing really against Everton. I've got to be honest. No, same. Yeah. No, I haven't. When you look at it, for a club like that to be relegated, you know, um, would be quite a big statement, actually, because it's not often those sort of clubs get relegated out of the Premier League, is it really? It isn't. It doesn't happen. I mean, Everton have been relegated at all, have they, since 1953 or whatever it was, the last time they were relegated. So it's only, uh, we're the only other club with a longer unbeaten spell in the top flight. So it would be a massive shock, actually. It's almost like a sort of thing that you kind of like to see, don't you, in, when these things happen. It's a shock, but as long as it's not your club, you can kind of look at it and think, well, <laughs> you know what I mean? And if Everton went down, it would be a massive uh, story, wouldn't it, actually, of the season if they did. Um, and all, all their a... own doing again, another lot that yeah, got, that was, you know, okay, it was partly foreign investment that used to be a part of us, but they've just completely done it the wrong way. They've spent it awful. I mean, yeah, still to this day, I think, how did we get 35 million out of them for Iwobi? They yeah. used to, <laughs> absolute, absolute robbery, but hey, oh, <laughs> well, to be it, fair, it we makes been... up all of those players we let go for free, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, we did pay 70 million for Pepe as well, don't forget. So, you know, yeah, 72, kind of swing, yeah, swings and roundabouts, isn't it? I guess, but True. anyway, yeah, but yeah, I mean, for Chet Oxlade Chamberlain as well, didn't we? Yeah. yeah, we did, yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, a lot, a lot of we get criticized a lot for not getting enough money back on players, but those two, we, we incredible, really, what we made from them two, isn't it? Really, the only but, problem yeah. is that's the only two. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, they are. Here's the only two, really. Yeah, we yeah. have let a lot of players go. Loki says, uh, up the gunners. Uh, cheers, up, cheers, indeed. Um, thank you for watching. Um, Melvin says, see you Sunday, Neil, at the game, of course. Um, and Neil says, yeah, see you Sunday. And Stephen, this is free to at Liverpool. Wow, is it really? What a turnaround that would be from 2 0 down. Brilliant. Yeah, that's that one done then. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it's Liverpool in the final. Uh, will they be playing Manchester City? I would say they probably will be. But we'll find that out, obviously, tomorrow. But, um, yeah, well, congratulations, Liverpool, for getting to another Champions League final. It's a bit boring now, isn't it? They seem to be there every year, don't they? Maybe they should mm. give someone else a chance. Yeah, say. Bournemouth come up as well, didn't they? They, I think they beat Forest, so, yeah, they're they? up as well. Yeah. And they up automatically? Yeah, yeah, they're second and Fulham won the league weeks ago, didn't they? Because they've, yeah, they've been like, pumping yeah. teams by six goals yeah. since Christmas or something. Well, it's no. Mitrovich, isn't it? It's got 43 yeah. goals. So really, yeah, Champions yeah. Uh, he's he's like that Michael Chopra though. He scores them in that division, and then when he comes yeah. to Prem, he can't find the net at all. No. It's a bit like a bit like Pookie a little bit, and he? he gets a lot of goals yeah. in the championship. I mean, he does score a few in the Premier League. To be fair, in a struggling mm. team, he's all right, Pookie, isn't he? He could probably do a job for someone else in the Premier League actually. But um, but yeah, he's another one of them, isn't he? he Drop him down to that level, he scores loads of goals. He's not quite at that Premier League level, is he? And no. Mitrovic is another one, isn't he, unfortunately? Um, but, yeah, see what happens next season with Fulham again. Up and, they're a bit up and down. Him and Norwich, they keep missing each other, don't they? One's up, one's down every year. <laughs> Someone said the other day they haven't played each other for years because they keep going up and down the same <laughs> year, don't they? So they keep missing out. But, anyway. Um, but, yeah, so thank you, obviously, to, to Dorsey and James. Thanks to all you guys in the chat as well. Some great comments there. Uh, thank you for watching. Please give it a like as well. Don't forget to subscribe. I'm back tomorrow, actually, with live watch along. The Arsenal women playing Tottenham at uh, the, uh, the first North London derby of uh, of the week um, is tomorrow at the Emirates. Of course, a rearranged game. I was due to be at the game originally when it was first 
meant to be played in March, but due to Tottenham getting scared and pulling out, um, it got rearranged and I can't go now. But anyway, um, that is tomorrow. Uh, kicks off at quarter past seven, so I'll be live at seven o'clock for a bit of build-up to that game. And then, of course, before watch along, as always, for that, that is going to be um, a good game. Obviously, Arsenal women need to win to stay in the title race, so that's going to be good. Let's hope Tottenham can't um, deny us um, that, at least. Um, and then on Friday, it's the Arsenal women's show again. The last weekend of the WSL, actually, is this weekend as well. So some big games there. Obviously, Arsenal playing away at West Ham in the final game. Chelsea are home to Man U. So we'll be covering both of them games as well. Uh, to see at Dagenham's ground, that is. It is at Dagenham's ground. But I wanted to go to that and I was going to go, but um, we ended up going to the game on Sunday instead. Yeah. And yeah. after women, and it's difficult to get down two weeks running. Just took a gamble, really, which game to go. It turned out all right, could be 1 7 0. So that was good. It was a good game. Um, but I was intending to go to the West obviously the West Ham game at Dagenham's ground. Um, but unfortunately, don't think I'll be able to make that now on Sunday. So um, I'll be doing coverage on the channel anyway. So that'll be good. Um, Chelsea, uh, they've got to play Man United at home. Man United need a result to get in the Champions League. So it's going to be a tense afternoon, I'm sure, in the WSL on Sunday. And then, of course, after that, it is the Arsenal game against Leeds. So Sunday's going to be quite a stressful day, actually. So I think um, I might need to take next week off work just to recover from all the stress of, uh, of Sunday, maybe, but we'll see. Hopefully, Arsenal win both games. It's not a problem. But we have to beat Spurs tomorrow first, the women. So join me for that, 7 o'clock tomorrow night. That'll be good. Uh, so hopefully, the, if you know, that might set the tone for the North London derby the following week. Two Arsenal wins against Tottenham would be nice, wouldn't it, in a week? We'll quite enjoy that, won't we, I'm sure. Um, but let's uh, hope for the best on that one. So, yeah, that's tomorrow. So please join me for that. And... Uh, and then I'll say for the other stuff at the weekend as well. So those coming up on the channel. So thank you to Dorsey, as always. Thank you to James, who's become a bit of a regular now, which is nice. Um, we do enjoy James's company on the show as well. Uh, we'll see you again very soon. And uh, hopefully Mel will be back next week as well um, to join us uh, as well. So, uh, yeah, don't forget to like, share and subscribe. I will see you tomorrow for the women's game. And in the meantime, of course, as always, come on, you gunners. Let's do this. We're nearly there. Come on, let's do it. Come on. <laughs> see you later, guys. Cheers. See you tomorrow. Yeah, Oh,